Hey, Kansas City, you're listening to Real Humans by Gina Kaufman, a weekly podcast from KCUR Studios. Last week, I rode the bus with a guy named Richard. He's been using public transit for decades out of necessity. This week, we'll meet people who ride the bus because they want to, which has its pluses. I just find it so much easier that I don't have to worry about finding parking. And minuses. As soon as something doesn't go right, then you have to start thinking about contingency plans. Steven Juza is a bus commuter, and he's about to buy a car. So I'm actually getting a car in June or July. To be clear, Stephen doesn't want to stop taking the bus. He likes taking the 519 from downtown, where he lives, to the Garmin headquarters in Olathe, where he works. He gets on the bus near Crown Center and doesn't have to get back off until reaching 151st Street. So, you know, it drops him off right where it needs to go. It's a long ride, but it's very convenient. Even with a car, I don't want to make that drive. I would much rather take the bus and kind of zone out. But they're stopping that route after next week. So it goes from downtown down to 151st Street and kind of along 151st. And so they're changing that route to where it will only go down 135th. A 16-block walk at the end of a long bus ride is kind of a deal breaker. Stephen originally got rid of his car shortly after he moved to Kansas City about a decade ago. He lived and worked downtown with a 10-minute commute by foot. It was very infrequently that I would drive. And so, you know, I ran a bunch of numbers basically saying my monthly car ownership bill came out to be about 250 bucks a month. Even with paying for a rideshare on the infrequent times that I do drive, at no point was it ever going to come out to be more than, you know, 200 bucks a month. He got more and more comfortable with public transit whenever he did need to go more of a distance. And then he changed jobs. And then his route got cut short. Riding the bus by choice is a privilege. And it's a situation that doesn't reflect the reality of the vast majority of people using public transit in Kansas City right now. But when I picture... A transit system that works? I picture a transit system that everyone uses, at least some of the time, because why wouldn't they? Kansas City is home to plenty of people I'll call aspirational transit users. What I mean by that is people who like the idea of public transit, but for whatever reason, haven't tried it here. Or maybe they have, but then found that it just wasn't practical given really any other choice. But people do get around Kansas City by bus every day, so obviously it's possible. And as we wrestle with what can be done here in Kansas City to reverse course on climate change, reliance on personal automobiles looms large as an obstacle to change. All the experts pretty much agree that we need to drive less, which means more people probably need to get familiar with transit. And that makes Steven Juza a bit of a case study. Stephen has stuck with transit for almost 10 years. He likes it. He prefers it to driving. He's absolutely willing to take on the mental load of mapping out his days according to truly maddening bus schedules, where, like, maybe your bus comes at 102 or 150. You're in a meeting till 1. There's no way you're getting to the bus stop by 102. 
Well, now you've got to wait almost an hour. Stephen has basically made that overall situation work for him. Now he, even he, has reached the point of opting out. And it's hard to blame him now that the bus he needs stops before his destination. The Transit Authority has reasons for making these kinds of changes. Not many people take it all the way out to 151st Street, but the majority of the time of the route happens between like 135th and 151st. And so it's like, well, if we can shorten the route, we don't affect very many people, but we can then run the route more frequently because it only takes 45 minutes end-to-end instead of an hour and 15. It makes sense, but logic won't get Stephen to work. He's going to need a car for that. I told his story to 4th District City Councilman Eric Bunch. And here's our bus. Yeah. Um. Eric is a longtime advocate for transit users, and he's a bus rider by choice himself. So I wondered what he'd say about this situation where transit is working for someone and then one route gets shortened and it's game over. He shakes his head in disappointment. There are really two issues in that. One is, is, is funding and, again, the resource scarcity. The other is also land use decisions. He's talking about sprawl. Jobs have been largely decentralized and have been moved to places that are in incredibly car-dependent neighborhoods and car-dependent parts of the metro area. Um, Johnson County being, I think, the notorious one. And they've, and you know, and look at, look at places like Cerner. I mean, Cerner had an opportunity to invest in downtown, build, you know, a campus for 16,000 employees. What he's referring to is a watershed moment in Kansas City development. In 2013, City Council approved huge incentives for Cerner to build a fancy new campus at I-435 and Bannister Road. Cerner got $1.63 billion in tax breaks from the city and state combined. $1.63 billion. People were scandalized for lots of reasons, but Eric's bringing it up because he sees it as just one egregious example of policy pushing people into cars. So we decided to give them the largest TIF in history, like in literally incentivize them to move to a place that is completely inaccessible by anything other than a car. I checked and he's pretty much right. It's not impossible to use transit to get to Cerner, but the closest bus stop is a 15-minute walk away and not in a walkable part of town. The challenges, in other words, are bigger than what any one bus rider can overcome through sheer force of will. I talked to a lot of bus riders by choice this week, some of whom, understandably, gave up after a while. Others have found the benefits of riding the bus outweigh the inconveniences for them for now. Hello, this is Dave. Hi, David Katz lives just north of the Missouri River with his wife, Sally, and three children, ages 15, 11, and 9. I would say approximately the last 15 years, we have not owned a car, and we depend on, you know, walking, um, biking, and riding the bus to get around town. They ride the bus for several reasons. To save money, to help the environment, for health benefits. It forces you to... uh, 
be more physical. Uh, you have to walk uh, to the bus stop. Uh, David also has another somewhat quirky motivation. I'm really not a uh, very mechanically oriented person and I hate owning <laughs> things that I, I don't understand. So I, I don't like going to the auto repair shop and not understanding what's going on. So for me, riding the bus is simpler because I don't have to worry about a car. Getting kids around has not been a problem. I think a lot of uh, parents, you know, worry about their kids, you know, getting a driver's license. Yes, you know, things can happen on the bus, too, but I don't have to worry about them doing something stupid behind the wheel. So it gives me peace of mind, and it gives my older kids mobility. I don't have to drive them to soccer practice. They can get places on their own. Teaching kids to ride the city bus is a slow, gradual process, but David says his kids have been able to get around town on their own by about 13 years old. That sounds pretty great to me. Not everyone is charmed. I have gotten, you know, a phone call from the police saying, hey, we we ran into your kid on uh, public transit. David's a happy customer, but he's not convinced there's ever going to be a groundswell of interest in public transit in Kansas City, at least not with transit as it currently exists anyway. You know, the most of the people um, that I might, you know, normally interact with, at, you know, at work or socially, they're probably not going to tolerate some of the inconveniences that my wife and I and our family is kind of comfortable with. Sometimes the bus doesn't show up on time. Sometimes it's raining. Sometimes it's really cold when you're waiting for the bus. But maybe there is a middle ground. Maybe you can ride the bus sometimes? Hi, I'm Sophia Gillespie. Sophia Gillespie is in her 20s, and she has a car now, which she uses sparingly. But she didn't have one when she moved out of her parents' house and got a place downtown. I looked up, you know, how the buses work. Her first discovery was a happy one. The buses are free. I didn't believe it at first. I was like, no, there has to be some sort of pass. And every time I try to take a friend on the bus, they're like, are you sure we don't need anything? And I'm like, no. Sophia admits that taking a bus on a tight schedule can be really stressful. <laughs> I have been passed a couple of times, and then you look a little bit frantic. The main max passed me, so I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get downtown? But she really likes the bus for going out with friends, especially in places like downtown or midtown when those areas are crazy busy. She doesn't have to think about parking. She doesn't have to deal with traffic. She likes having a car for getting groceries. And now that she does have a choice... If I don't have the time, I don't take the bus. Every bus rider by choice I talked to acknowledged the privilege of that choice. They've all been stranded at bus stops and found themselves making contingency plans that the people sitting next to them couldn't make. It's striking how passionate they all are in making sure I know that the bus needs to work first and foremost, not for them, but for the riders who can't just call in an Uber in moments of desperation. Keisha Smith grew up riding the Kansas City bus. So I live with my grandmother. It's funny, some of my fondest memories would be jumping on the bus to go with her downtown to, like, Jones Aww. to go shopping, right? And so that really was, like, the thing. And then as I grew older, of course, like in high school, you know, you would take the bus out to Bannister Mall. Keisha does drive a car now, but she still hops on the bus from time to time. And she worries that talking about people who ride the bus by choice will push us further 
from focusing on better access for those who absolutely rely on transit. We need to ensure that the experience that they receive, right, is five stars. But I guess I think that's actually another huge reason why people who can opt out should try opting in, even just a little. Because it's hard to imagine how this gets better for everyone without more people demanding better service. Eric Bunch tells me that people who drive are incredibly vocal about getting the streets they drive on plowed when it snows or getting potholes fixed. And it may not always seem like it, but that persistence does translate into pressure at City Hall. The problems we don't see, we can't advocate to change. I'm not saying don't drive. I'm just saying hop on a bus once in a while. Because money isn't the only resource that's scarce. So is political will. And the bus needs more of it. That's it. Thanks for listening to Real Humans by Gina Kaufman. Mackenzie Martin is the producer of this podcast with music from Blue Dot Sessions. Gabe Rosenberg is the editor with CJ Janovey filling in this week. If you check out the story at kcur.org, you can see bus selfies from the people you just met, as well as photos by Carlos Moreno. I'm Gina Kaufman, getting off the bus now. Take it easy, Casey. The Country Club Plaza is one of the most important Kansas City landmarks, but you can't ignore the lasting impact of its complicated creator. J.C. Nichols epitomized the idea of what is good for Kansas City is good for J.C. Nichols. We don't need to remember their names. We know what they did, and we can see the effects. The power of J.C. Nichols, you know, it got into my, you know, my uh, my spirit. It was like something I couldn't let go of. Hear more on the latest episode of the podcast, A People's History of Kansas City. 